What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, my name is Michael, and together with my wife, Marsha, we discuss the intersection of minimalism and veganism, in addition to weekly articles and recipes over at theminimalistvegan.com. So check it out if you haven't already. In this episode, we're diving deep into the psyche of why we procrastinate to declutter. I think we all fundamentally understand the benefit of living a clutter-free lifestyle, but it's slightly different for everybody depending on what their priorities are. We're really excited to talk about cluttering as it's something that's um, near and dear to both of our hearts. Anyway, I'll check in after the episode to fill in any gaps. Chat to you soon. you rock and rolling? Yep, I am. <laughs> cool. Are you excited for this podcast episode, Michael? I'm always excited <laughs> for our podcast conversations, Marsha. Yes. It's interesting though, over the years, well, not over the years, how long have we had this podcast for? <laughs> it, feels, it feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> um, that you listen to it and you go, oh yeah, like we're talking to each other here with a microphone in front of us. Yep. But then... We are in people's earbuds and we're talking to them rather yeah. than each other in a way. So, yeah, it's easy to get carried away mm. in, the, in that conversation. But yeah. uh, I don't know. But, but from the feedback we've been getting about the show, I, I think that's what people like. That is, yeah. That's part of a conversation. Yeah. So, they probably want to join in as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We've got to work out technology to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, One day. So, back onto the topic of what we're talking about today. And which can be, we just procrastinated a little bit on getting on with it, but we're talking about why you're procrastinating to declutter. Mm-hmm. And we have many aspects to this conversation today. Sure. So I guess we'd like to start off by talking about what life was like for us before minimalism came into our lives and how we approached decluttering and our possessions and what we did and all that sort of stuff. Yes. So do you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, we always like to start off, um, we try to be relatable and sometimes it really pushes our memory because I think we're both action takers. Mm. Uh, So it becomes very blurry in terms of, you know, what our decluttering journey was. But when we were reflecting, you know, I was thinking a lot about the both of us and I think it's safe to say that you're, a pretty tidy person like you, you like pretty tidy you're very tidy <laughs> thank you um so <laughs> i appreciate that correction <laughs> and i'm not tidy but i'm not messy i'm just like you're a bit all over the place i'm a bit all over the place not like yeah. all over the place as like you'll have stuff everywhere but sometimes you know you take off your clothes and the clothes stay where you took them off yeah that type of situation, yeah, um, but not like I'm a bit. I'm a bit lazy. Not, but not like dirty and messy. No. It's just you know you create a bit of yeah. Memory, like when I clean dishes, when, you like when I clean dishes, I'm messy. You know, like uh, it, it's a, it's an event. There's water splashing all over the place. But and and then <laughs> and then I think, but but I've, I've always felt pretty organized. So, um, although I'm not as tidy as you, I feel like I'm like my brain works like in uh, things need to be in relative order. Yeah. So it's not like a doctor's table where they've got piles or a professor's table where they've got piles of paperwork everywhere. Yeah. And you step in and you go, oh my God, how do you know where anything is? And they say to you, I know exactly if I need to find <laughs> yeah, something, yeah. I yeah. know exactly where I'm going to be able to find it. Yes. And I find that really hard to believe. But anyways. Yeah, I know heaps of people like that. They know yeah, exactly where things are. I can't. I feel like you're still wasting time just looking under piles. But yep. then again, everyone works differently. Yeah. Visually for me, I couldn't do it. It's too much. But yeah. But isn't that interesting? So like you can hear the passion in Marsha's voice when she talks about having clutter and surfaces. But I think... Being tidy and being a minimalist are two different things. Yeah, and it's often lumped together. And particularly so when we talk about decluttering. I was tidy before we became a min- before we became minimalists. Right, and what and what was different? Like, so I was and tidy after. and clean and organized. Sure, but I had a lot of stuff. <laughs> so you can be as tidy as you possibly can be, but you still accumulate. Sure, and you, you use storage really well. Yeah. Yeah, Kiki K yeah. boxes. Oh, totally. 
I was stationary. a stationary nerd. Yeah. You can ask anyone that knows me from a young age. I used to be obsessed with stationary and pretty stuff. Yeah. So, and I used to spend a lot of, when I was younger, maybe like primary school, high school, I spent a lot of time in my bedroom and I loved being in my bedroom because it was like my little sanctuary of organized stuff. Yeah. But I knew where everything was, but I still had a lot of things. Sure. And I still like to accumulate stuff. I see. So, um, you know, I had my desk where I had my beautiful pens in a cup and all of these little things that I probably didn't even use that much, but I enjoyed looking at them. I enjoyed accumulating them. Yes. So if I had to do something for school, it was really pretty. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So I really put a lot of value on those things because they brought me a lot of joy. Sure. But I think... Uh, isn't that interesting? So yeah. at that point, you you derived quite a bit of your happiness from the physical possessions that you had. Yeah. There you go. Mm. And I spent a lot of time with them. It's not like I'd buy them and then forget about them. I actually yep. cared a lot for my belongings. Sure. Yes, you do care a lot. Yeah. And then I think when we got together and started living under the same roof, it's uh, again, because you, you know you run the household, things are pretty tidy, most of the, basically all the time. But I think, you, you know, so what reason did we have to declutter if things were if we're pretty organized and we're pretty tidy? So, and I think this is really where clutter manifests. And it, it's, it, it comes down to things that are unused in your environment. Mm. You know, it comes down to, like, for example, like we had a storeroom uh, in one of our townhouses that we used to live in. And so you'd go into the family room or the bedrooms, everything's like super tidy, super organized. But then in the storeroom was there's a huge pile of things that we sparingly used throughout the time that we were in that townhouse, right? Or and even then, just in store, like behind closed cupboards, absolutely. there was lots of stuff. And the yep. more cupboard space you have, the more things you filled in those gaps. Absolutely. So you're 100% right. Like when you go into the kitchen as well Mm. and you would open up one of the cabinets and like you would have 10 pots in there, but you only use three all the time, Mm. right? So, but everything still looked tidy. Yeah. But you didn't use 70% of your things. So, you know, that's how clutter sort of creeps up on people who are tidy. And then obviously for people who are not as tidy as well. So I think for us, we didn't realize that we actually had clutter. Mm. Would you agree? Well, it was organized. I would, but I still wouldn't call it clutter. Well, Mm. it was clutter, but it wasn't like, because it wasn't in your face. Sure. So people that have clutter, they have clutter, visual. Yeah. In your face clutter. Like things are all over the surfaces. Yeah, but we just had things that we didn't need Mm -hmm. and that we didn't use on a regular basis. Or things that we kept for just in case or for that one-off occasion. Sure. So, like, I kept cosmetics for years, nail polishes for years, for maybe I'll like that color (laughs) when the new season comes out, you know? Sure. And you go through periods of changing skincare or changing how you, you know, which colors you like to wear and all that sort of stuff. So, you want to have things to be able to accommodate that need yeah but you keep them in that case that it might happen yes and then you look at that space or that area again six months later and you go through that period one more time so it's Mm. like you've got 10 things normally much more than 10 but let's say 10 things and you might get rid of two things one time and then six months later you've got 20 things you might again get rid of a few but it never gets to that point of you just have your essentials that you actually know that you will use. Yes. And then as time goes on, things start to expire. Then you just start throwing them out because they're expiring. Yeah. Or because the nail polish has gone crusty. Like ladies, yeah. can or you, you eventually you can run totally out of space. Relate. You actually get to a point yeah. where you run out of storage. Yeah. Yeah. And you buy things just for that special occasion because you really need hairspray, but you don't use it otherwise. And then it just sits in the back of your cu- cupboard. Yes. No, I think I think you you're bang on with all those points, and I think uh, to summarize what we're trying to say, I think clutter. This it feels like you only use a fraction of what you have. 
Mm. You only need a fraction of what you have. Mm. So, again, you might only use 40%, 50%, even 80%. It doesn't really matter. It's like you're living in an environment that's actually excessive to what your life needs and what it thrives on. Mm. So... And I think we just wanted to make that point clear, no matter where you are on that spectrum of your minimalist journey, is uh, that's where this intentionality comes into play, is being able to look in your environment and everything that you see, everything that you touch, everything that you use has a place, has a purpose, you know, has an opportunity to participate in your life. Hmm. And it's not just standing on the sidelines, just in case you need it in some random day on a winter in three years' time or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, All that snow gear that you plan on using when you go to the snow one year, eventually, <laughs> 10 years down the track. Yeah. Just bloody hire it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so when, when we start, we had this realisation and then we began our journey of decluttering. And, and again, we want to make the distinction between spring cleaning and decluttering, like or just getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff and having a mindset of a minimalist is two very, very different things. Um, Do you want to clarify a little bit of how they're different? Yeah. So so if you're just doing some cleaning, like you're doing a massive cleanup of your house or your apartment, that is more of an event in your life. You know, that's like a temporary event to sort of cleanse your environment. To feel good, to, to uplift feel, yourself, to kind of yeah. go... Yeah, I can go get more stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> but you've just touched on it, right? But it doesn't address the mindset of um, protecting what is essential. Mm. So you continue to bring things in, you replace them with more things, and then you create, again, an environment of where you're only using a fraction of what you have. Yeah, so you're um, not being mindful of the life cycle of that product. Yes. You're not thinking about how that product at the point of purchase or receiving it or whatever, yeah, how that's going to impact your life and if you'll actually use it. Yes. So there's, I think, for me mentally, there's that difference between let's just clean this space out so that I can accumulate and not really think about it, but I just want to upgrade and or, you know, these new fashions can have come out so I want this new look and whatever. Sure. Compared to... I'm clearing things out because I don't want more stuff coming in without yeah. it being a conscious decision into my life. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the difference between removing a large piece of furniture on a feature wall in your house and leaving it and re- or removing it only to replace it, mm. right? So it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very different sort of approach. Mm. And I think for us, when we started our decluttering journey, do you remember what that was like when we we started actually decluttering properly? It was overwhelming. Right. I mean, it can be overwhelming even for the... It depends on how you are as a person, but you always... I think moving always helps because you realize much quicker how much stuff you have sure. than how much you thought you had. Yes. So you think, oh, that'll be two carloads. Ten carloads later, you go, oh, my God, where did all of this stuff come from? Yes. So, and especially when you have restriction, you've got nowhere to put it. Yeah. You know, so I think that that was a really valuable thing that we moved to a studio apartment or a granny flat where we just, we actually had no physical space to put things. So... We had to pare down. Yeah. We had no choice. Yes. But that ma- that mentality helped us. I feel in hindsight, it it did push us a little bit too far. Sure. Whereas um, later on, I feel like we found a much better balance. Sure. But it was definitely a worthwhile exercise. Even if you're not moving, just trying to actually empty out your spaces and being comfortable and enjoy more white space more space around you yes yeah i think you're right i I think looking for an opportunity to see what your limit is Mm. for how much you can pare down Mm. you know like you need to keep going down and down yeah responsibly so i think yeah in in this studio apartment i remember like we we were just sleeping on a mattress for the whole time Mm. like we didn't actually have a bed frame and that was okay. We realized that 
we prefer a bed frame. <laughs> we prefer to be elevated. But when push came to shove, it, we didn't actually need it. Mm. Um, so that was a worthwhile experiment. I, I remember like paring down all of our plates and bowls and cups and glasses to the point where we basically just had such a tight rotation it was for the two of us yeah um do you remember that well our space was so small we probably wouldn't even have anyone over but yeah yeah. but it was interesting even when we had people over for dinner Mm. um we made do yeah we we made do we made it work like we're drinking wine out of mugs and like it just doesn't have to be fancy i think this is the thing that people also need to get out of their heads is the amount of advertising that is bom- that we're bombarded with to fulfill like a product for every single need. Yes. So it's like having a glass for every single type of drink that you yes. can possibly have rather than just using one for the same thing. Yeah. You know, like obviously don't put a hot tea or a a, cof- a coffee in a, a glass yeah. that can't handle the heat, but think about how you can invest, if you're starting from scratch, invest in something that you can drink alcohol out of, hot drinks out of and cold drinks out of, yeah. rather than having three separate types of cups and mugs for yes. that one purpose. Absolutely. And I think, are we much happier to have a little bit more choice? Yes, we are um, in terms of, you know, having a plate set that we really like or we now have two dedicated wine glasses and things like that. It's it's better now, but we realised that we could do without it, right? Mm. Um, so, again, you don't have to push yourself to an extreme where you only got like one cup yeah. <laughs> um, or one plate um, that you just keep in using. I mean, you can do that if that's what you think is essential to you, but it, so just again, you just, yeah, you just start to push your boundaries of what you think is necessary. The other thing was like our skincare. I, I, it happened really organically, but we realized that, um, and, and this is not the case in every relationship, but certainly for us, we realized that we used our own products. Like we, we, get, we get used to using like particular body lotions or soaps or shampoos, and then you want to maintain that. But eventually we realized that we could just start using the same things. Or finding products that are more unisex or sure. that will serve the purpose for the both of us. Yeah. For example, there's deodorant. Like we used to have our own deodorants and now we share deodorant paste um, and that's totally fine. Same with shampoo, same with body lotion. Like there's a lot of things that we can bring together to be more practical that way. Mm. Um, and the other thing is like things like towels. Like we're just like, why do we have four or five towels each? We don't share towels, but... No, 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 we don't share towels. But um, yeah, at one point we just, like many of us, we had just heaps of towels. Mm. Thinking that, like, hang on, like... In case 10 we, people come over, yeah, we I need a towel for every single person. Yeah, or when one gets dirty, we need five backups. I don't know. It was just... <laughs> Because we don't do laundry. Like, it was like a real <laughs> scarcity mindset now that I think of it. So yeah. um, it was like, okay, well, we just need two towels each. So when one's being washed, we have one to use. Like mm. this is a little tweak like that. We've talked about this in a podcast, but we went from two cars to one and then one car to none. So progressively going down there, getting rid of DVDs or trying to you know rip some of them onto your computer um, because we realized that we had all these Blu-ray DVDs, but and we kept saying to ourselves we we're going to watch them and use them, but then we never did. Yeah. So was it really essential? Mm. PlayStation. So I used to play video games, but not much. Like I've never, I've never been a big gamer, but I'd play every now and then. And then I, I, I just realised that there's a lot more other things I could be doing to get that same sort of fulfilment or escapism with my time. So mm. didn't need a PlayStation. So got rid of that. So scanned paperwork got rid of an ironing board. Like there's lots of little examples, but every time we made these decisions, you can see how it's a bit different from spring cleaning because, you know, that's like this massive sort of event to overhaul versus like intentionally going, do I actually need this? And Mm. a lot of the things we're talking about, we're not replacing. Yeah. But I remember every time we took a step forward with that decluttering, it, it just made more sense and we got more momentum. It's like we wanted to see what else we could be more intentional about. 
Mm. And it was so clarifying. I don't know mm. what the experience was like for you. No, I mean, it freed up a lot of time because you kind of, at the end of the day, you'd, you'd be sitting there going, okay, there's not things for me to have to deal with. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, to tidy up, to organize, to declutter, to just have to think and process. So that can create that space for you to sit down and comfortably read a book. Yes. You know, if you knit, do some knitting. If you draw, do some drawing. Like be more intentional with everything that you're doing because a lot of the time we accumulate a massive to-do list just to deal with our stuff. Yes. So when you become more intentional, that starts, you go, oh, actually I can do this now without feeling this guilt of not dealing with things because... I want to, to do something else instead. Absolutely. And and I think on top of that as well, what I found is by having this mindset of questioning whether you need something or not, it starts to manifest in other areas of your life. You start to, whether it's in a workplace, whether it's your health, you start to just figure out what's essential in most situations. Mm. It's like, do I really need that? Mm. That's excessive. Do I need that? Uh, do I do? Do you need to hire that extra person? Do you um, need to complicate your nutrition? Like you just you want to you you see the value in simplicity. Yeah. And then you start applying it in other areas. Mm. Um, so that was really exciting as well. So look, I just want to shift gears and talk a little bit about why why people procrastinate mm-hmm. um, around decluttering. So we've talked a little bit about our, our experience and some of the benefits that we've gained from decluttering. And I think if you're listening to this, I think you're probably intelligent enough to understand the value of living clutter-free, but you may still be resisting. There's hang-ups as to why you're not doing it. You know, I don't know. What are some, what are some obvious points that come to your mind that might be blocking people? Uh, I don't have time. Sure. And I'm, it's just too much for me to deal with being overwhelmed they're yes. probably the two that come to mind straight away yes um and i've got some other points that sort of trickle down from there but they're the two big ones that i've sort of people not having time or wanting to make time because there's other more important things that they want sure to tackle i see in life well let's let's talk about the time thing yeah because i think that's going to be that's a real common one mm. is that we see is um yeah, I mean, let's face it. I mean, we've got more commitments than ever. Hmm. And maybe you want to get into minimalism because you want to change that. And a part of that process is to declutter. But then you need time to declutter. Yeah. And then you're going to get more time back by decluttering. Hmm. So but it, it's <laughs> like that that reward yes. feels like such so far away that you end up just, you know, that compromise or that benefit just kind of dwindles because... It takes too much time and effort sure. to actually get to that And you can place. understand why, right? It's just like, oh, yeah. I'm going to declutter my environment, my home. Well, cool. That sounds like a huge project. I mean, it depends <laughs> yeah. on how, you know, at what stage in your life you're at and sure. how, how long you've been in the one home as well can be a big factor for someone that's been in their home for two, three years can be different to someone that's been in their home for 20 years. Yes. Because you, in many ways, you end up accumulating much more in a space that you haven't had to box up and move. Yes. So, yeah, it can be a very different scenario. But then again, you could just be someone that just packs things up or has someone else pack them up for you and doesn't really think twice about throwing anything out ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. But I think that the our schedules are competing with like with this, fun stuff like let's yeah. be honest if you're not someone that enjoys that liberating feeling of what decluttering and a minimalist mindset can do it can be really mundane and stressful and boring and emotional yeah so you put those things off because you just don't want to have to deal with it yeah because it's like it's not like it's going to kill you or it's going to do something bad, you know. Yes. So we just kind of just keep going and plodding along. Yeah. 
because the urgency is not as apparent. Like the impact of the activity is not as apparent if you don't really believe in the benefits yeah. of having a clutter-free environment. Yeah. As in a society, as humans, we, we can move mountains if it's important to us. Yeah. Like we make time for things that are important. Mm. You know, I know a lot of people that will clear their schedules to watch Game of Thrones. They might they might take take leave yeah. off work to watch a sporting event or to you know what I mean or go to a concert. So it just comes down to what we value in life at any given moment. And I can understand like when you say the word decluttering, it doesn't sound particularly exciting. Mm. But what we're really going for is the result of decluttering or the impact of decluttering. And you know what I'd love to challenge people to maybe think about is rephrasing the question from you know how do I find time to declutter to what would my life look like and how would I feel if I didn't have any clutter in my life? Yeah. You know. You know what? You can you visualize how that would feel, and maybe that will trigger a bit of urgency. Um, yeah. So just maybe think about how you can rephrase those questions to feel more motivated and enthused about the idea of decluttering in your schedule. Um, what was the other thing you mentioned? Overwhelm? Yeah, so feeling overwhelmed because there's just everywhere you turn, there's something to deal with. And so sometimes we just don't know where to actually start. Sure. Where to start and how to start and what that's going to look like moving forward and how much time is it going to take. Like there's all of these, everything typically with decluttering, it takes much longer than you anticipate. Yeah. So... Also being realistic with how much commitment it's going to take yeah, to get it done. I think, you, yeah, that what you've just said, that ambiguity of time and effort is, is a recipe for not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, I don't have three hours. Like, yeah. why would I pick to declutter for three hours then go to the movies? Yeah. Like, who's going to pick? I mean, I would pick decluttering, but the, sure. that's just... I'm a rare species. So. You are very rare. But you know what? But I think beyond that, though, it's like if... You know what? I think if you told people, no, it would take you three hours to declutter, mm. then it would be more approachable to do than I don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah, that's true. So if there's actually some clarity about how much time it's going to take, then you can go, oh, okay. Well, now I can afford to do that. I can actually build that into my this Sunday and yeah. just do it then. Yeah. But it's because I don't know... I don't know the scope of this project. Yeah. Like, that sounds too overwhelming, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, look, you're never going to know exactly how much time it's going to take up sure. front. But even if you give yourself a time limit, a more realistic time limit, and then do as much as you can in that time limit. Yes. And then go, okay, well, I see how much I managed to get done in that time. Looking around, how much more time will I need to execute on the rest of it? Yes. Because you might be decluttering at home, but then you've got all of these piles that need to be taken to different places. Uh, so let's talk about that. Yeah. So you might have like a pile for charity, but you're doing the, the the pile in the evenings. So the charity place isn't open for you to drop off your donation. Yes. So you put it in your boot and it sits there for months. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you know what? I, I, you uh, wrote a whole blog post. I about did. I wrote this. a whole blog post, but <laughs> I think, okay, this is maybe I used to do this or maybe I've seen my parents do this, but I know that this happens in people's lives. They say, I'm going to go declutter. Yeah. And then they burst into a room <laughs> with all the enthusiasm in the world. With a bag in hand. Bag in <laughs> hand. And they start just going through things. And they're like, cool, that photo frame goes there. And they just toss it, boom, into the pile. Okay, that goes there. That goes into the pile. And then they just start creating this big pile because the goal is to clear the space. Mm. It's a sort of space looks like it's simple and minimal. Yeah. And then there's or this, just tidy. There's tidy, right? Yeah. Now, some people like the ones who are really sentimental may get trapped at this moment because I might mm. stumble across like a particular toy oh, yeah, or I photo didn't know album. I still yeah. have this. <laughs> yeah. And then they start reminiscing yeah. for like an hour and then next next minute that it's like you know, they've got a beer in hand thinking yeah. about <laughs> this playing beautiful that memory tape that they yeah. did in ninety nine. Yeah. Oh, or... look at this iPod! Oh my God, I still got this iPod. What's what's on here? What music do I have on this iPod? Or just a cassette tape. Or cassette tape. <laughs> Get that Whitney Houston playing, and um, that would have been mine. <laughs> yeah, and then it's over. Like your decluttering session, you, you've run out of steam. Well, it's and not over. It's just 
stopped. It stopped. It's, it's yeah. paused. <laughs> but you it, think about the emotional energy it took for you to get to that place of momentum. And it used to actually. The more possessions that I had that had much more emotional attachment to me, the longer it would take for me to clear a space. Sure. So once I stopped having that much of an emotional attachment to things, then it would take me so much less time. Yes. Like I remember every time we'd go through our sentimentals boxes, when we first started our sentimentals box, it was like a proper plastic tub that, you know, you'd buy it like Kmart or Target. Mm. And then it ended up being a shoe box. But every single time we did it, it was like maybe once or once every one to two years. Mm. It would get smaller and smaller. But that process of decluttering, and I remember the last time that we did it, we were both like, why on earth have we been <laughs> holding on to these things for six, seven years? Yeah. When every time we open it, it's like, that's no, nice, but I don't need it. No, but we're questioning ourselves from two years ago when we were minimalists. Yeah. We're just like, what was... How, why did I hang on to this? Yeah, like you yeah. had what swimming certificates <laughs> yeah. from you too. <laughs> yeah, and I was shocked at my 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 recent version of myself. Like, yeah. are you, what? what are you doing? And I had a whole bunch of photography stuff from when I was studying that I was like, that's cool, but I don't. It's it's now imprinted in my brain as a memory. I don't need the physical print to remember that one project and assignment that I did. Yeah. Of, you know, taking selfies. Well, yeah. like not selfie selfies is what you call them now, but like self-portraits. Sure. And all those types of things. So, it was. it's just interesting to go, why on earth do I still have this? Yeah. But... Um, you evolve, you change. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that's an ongoing process for that. And so, you go, will, will I actually care about this in two to five years time? Yeah. Because you can save yourself a lot of time when you <laughs> ask yourself that question right then and there. Yes. Actually, no, I'm not going to, it's not really going to bother me if I don't see this ever again. Yes. You know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I just want to get back to the sprinters out there. So, we've, we've yeah. burst into a room. We're on a rampage. We're, we're going so well. But then what happens is the space looks beautiful. Yeah. But then you have piles of things to deal with. Mm. And then you didn't account for that in your time. You've used up all your energy. And as you said, now you've got a case of car boot clutter <laughs> where things are sitting in your car and then... Or you've got a pile that you of, need to sell and then you procrastinate yeah. on selling it because you just... You can't be bothered. And like having to deal with people asking you, is this available? Like Facebook marketplace Marsha, oh, here we go. is yep. so flaky. It's okay. <laughs> you, go, you do what you need to do, Marsha. <laughs> We've got <laughs> Marsha's had some battles on Facebook Marketplace. I think it's just like you think, okay, like I'm good at selling stuff. Yeah. So it's not that's not the problem, but it's just ten people ask if something's available and only one person is actually serious about it. Yeah. So you just become numb and annoyed at people that are time wasters. Yeah. And then next time this process comes around, you think, why would I bother? Why don't I just donate it instead? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it just becomes this overwhelm in your head. Like now, I can't be bothered to sell things anymore. Like most of the stuff that I do sell now, I help others sell in my life. Yeah. Like I help my brother get rid of a lot of things that were of value that, you know, would be too expensive for him to just part with. Yeah. Um, that were worth a few hundred dollars. But, the process of actually helping him do that because he doesn't have Facebook was just, okay, and then back and forth and like negotiating and asking him questions and all of that stuff. Even if you're not the middleman, it can still be like, oh, when will you be at home? Okay, oh, I'm sorry, I'm running half an hour late. And then, you know, it just ends up mm. eating up a lot of your time and you go, is it worth it? Yeah. And this is, look, that's real talk because you... You're talking about decluttering and one of your desks... We've talked about destination piles uh, before and we'll link to the previous podcast episode. But just to give you guys a quick recap. <clears throat> Something I prepared earlier. Something I prepared earlier. I'm just looking at this worksheet that I created on a blog post, but it's just a little spreadsheet printed out, like a little worksheet. And it's just got the, the item. So there's the description of the item that you're trying to get rid of. Mm -hmm. And then it's got all these different possibilities of where it could go. So, 
you might need to sell it, as Marsha said. There might be a pile for selling. Yeah. There might be a list for giving away. So mm. you know somebody who would really benefit from this item. Or that I've uh, said yes, yeah, that, yeah. that they want to use it. So you're going to give it to them. Um, you might want to donate something. You might want to upcycle something, right? You might. So what does that mean? Upcycle might mean you need to fix a garment or turn yeah. a garment into a like a you know. Uh, sorry, I'm not very creative with fashion design, <laughs> but like you can turn like a jumper into a scarf or something like that. Yeah. Um, or so just repurposing. repurposing some of the things that you have. Yeah. Um, if you have those skills, unfortunately, some things need to go to trash. There's some things well, you may need to scan. Sometimes you just have rubbish. Yeah, you have you rubbish know, that you need to get rid of. There's people that yeah. just have rubbish in different places. Yep. That can fill up a full bag of recycling and actual rubbish that they've yeah. kept in their spaces. <laughs> yeah. So actual trash that you've accumulated. Yeah. That you need that to deal with. Never ended up going yeah. to the rubbish. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then there's scanning. So there might be a lot of paperwork that's important that you need to keep that you don't have a physical space for. for you might, so you might want to scan that into your computer. Then there's the sentimental items that we talked about. Recycling. And then this is a big one. Normally, when you declutter and you live with other people... I'm wondering what on earth you're about to say. <laughs> You've you, got me intrigued. You, um, you end up having a whole bunch of things you can't get rid of because it's not yours. All oh, right. Yeah. Right. So we've got a column set that's called not my decision. Yeah. So because that needs Even to be... Even though sometimes you want it to be your decision. <laughs> yeah. But you might get yelled at. Yes. So Which that, has happened to me. That, that is a, that's probably going to be your most stubborn pile is that, you know, you're on your own decluttering journey, but if you live with other people which are not in the same path... But are sharing the same space, yeah. Then that becomes a yeah, bit of a conversation. Don't throw out other people's yeah, stuff. Don't do that. You'll, you'll start an argument unless you know that they're okay. Like if you ask them in advance, "Are you happy for me to declutter this space and get rid of things that I don't think that we need?" Then yeah, sure. Yeah. But if it's not your stuff, then don't chuck it. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty fair. I mean, yeah, you can unless bring it up. Unless it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> And people have said, you know, like there's situations where they go, I know people like this in my life where it's like they've given you something, but then if if you're going to get rid of it, oh, they don't want you to get rid of it. They want it back. Yeah, they take ownership It's back. like, well, hang on a second. You g- gave this to me two years ago. I don't have a purpose for it in my life. You obviously don't need it. Why can't I part with it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, so so that's another situation. And and look, this worksheet that I'm talking about, I'll um I'll make sure to attach in the show notes as well, so yeah. you can print it out. But then the whole idea is that once you have all or just these, put it up on your device when you yeah, just pull you know, it up on your got, phone or something. Uh, is it a PDF or is it a? Oh, it is a PDF. Can people like on their iPad or something use it? I can I can just maybe export a spreadsheet. Yeah, you'll go, yeah, you'll have two options. A yeah, printed version, because not up, many yeah. people have printers at home anymore. Yeah, true. It's 2019. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I'll make it a spreadsheet. But then, so once you have the the different columns, then you can go through a space and slow down to speed up, I've, if you've heard of that term before. So just take, rather than the sprinting ahead, and this is what I used to do, and then you quickly get over, overwhelmed with all the decisions you have to make, you decide where they go up front. And then all you have is then before you even touch anything, you have a, like 10 items that you know you need to sell. Or you've got five items that you know need to go into sentimental box. Or you've got 10 items you know you need to donate, right? And then you can just sort of clear out, you can just basically execute in that whole life cycle by the destination pile, taking away that friction of what am I going to do with this now? I don't want it now what, mm. right? Um, and then like rather than like, oh, stopping and selling something and then getting back to decluttering and then selling, stopping and then selling something else, you can do all of your selling in one go. Take all yeah. your photos in one go. Do yeah. all your product descriptions in one go. Have all your bot conversations with Facebook buyers in one go. <laughs> um, but you can sort of compartmentalize your focus yeah. um, as you're decluttering and that might take away a bit of the overwhelm. Now, this is super methodical. And this is something that I would do, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, I don't have patience for that. Yes. So, Marsha, do you want to talk about how you would approach? Well, I mean, I do who's it like similarly, but I probably wouldn't be writing it down on a piece of paper just because I don't typically work that way. And I feel that it seems like a waste of time for me personally. Sure. Yep. So, what I would do is actually create those piles 
again, be realistic as to how much time. This, what Michael's method is probably more tailored to people that have smaller chunks of time. Yeah, because because if you know that you have... Like uh, half an hour. You've got half an hour, then you know that, oh, cool, I can take these down to donation. Yeah. Like you can plan around because you know how many things you need to deal with and well, how you're going to deal all, with it. first of all, you go through and you write down where everything's going. So yep. that's going to be the first step. And if you've got more time, then you can execute on some of those other things. But if you don't, at least you have it written down. So the next time you have half an hour and 20 minutes, you can grab those things based on your list and then execute them accordingly. Yep. My approach would be for someone that might have a bit more time or is okay with having different piles, you know, because you might be in like your basement or in a, in a space that you don't use too often, um, but you still want to declutter or clean up, um, is create physical piles. So if you're good at remembering things, then sure. But if you're mm. not, then just write down on a piece of paper what each pile is and then start pulling out from the area and putting them into those piles. Yes. And then executing accordingly, like maybe you have a box that's for donation, a box for that's rubbish, a box for blah, blah, blah. Yes. And do it that way. And then when you have more time, then you can execute or execute some of it immediately. Yeah. And what and what, and what you got to realize about Marsha is that um, when she starts... I'm an action lady. She's very <laughs> action-oriented. So she will... She will you know, take everything to the tip. Go like she'll do the rounds that need to be done to make sure that she's properly. Not always dealt. straight away, but yeah. But more often than not, yeah. you would deal with the clutter. Yeah. Your 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 you know the whole life cycle. Yeah. Um, and because she understands the value of doing that quickly. Yeah. You know, because it's not something that you want to prolong. Yeah. You know, you want to feel those benefits as quickly as possible. But the thing is here is knowing that when you start shifting your mindset to a minimalist mindset. You will not be doing this very often. Yes. In fact, as time goes on, you'll be doing it less and less to a point where you actually won't really be doing it at all. Mm. So it's not a lifelong commitment in that sense. Once your mindset shifts, it's not a spring cleaning game anymore. Mm. Something that you do six months to a year because you're accumulating stuff. But because you're being more intentional with what you're bringing into your life, you might do it every five to ten years. You're because living. You're living. You're effectively living with less. Yes. You're going down yeah. in how many things you have. Yeah. So sometimes things might need replacing, but you won't have massive piles to declutter. Yep. Like it just it doesn't happen as much anymore. So yes. the, I think the last time that we did this was when we moved out of our old townhouse, mm. and we had to be a bit more intentional as to well, what are we actually going to be taking overseas, mm. and like, well, what's realistic for us to be taking overseas as to things that we can get secondhand when we get there. Yeah. So that was a different conversation. Whereas if we was to stay here, we might not have had some of those holdups or like, you know, challenges or things that we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. So just, it's very circumstantial as well. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So that's, that's the two things that we've touched on. Mm -hmm. Two out of a few more points. So we've talked about time being a huge barrier and we've talked about overwhelm. Yeah. Um, what are some other things you have? Well, there? another thing that attaches to overwhelm, it's kind of, I guess, we've talked about it, but just not knowing where to start. So this is, you know, what Michael's been talking about is a great point to get you started and the two different methods, how we would approach things. Um, but if you haven't done it before, you don't actually, you just, you're not too sure what step one is. So yes. we've given you some pointers on how to do that. Then another thing is, feeling emotionally attached to too many things to mm. actually create that clutter-free environment. Yep. Um, and when you start talking about um, sentimentals or things that have emotional value in your life, it can become very tricky. Mm. So a lot of the time people might hold on to things from people that have passed. Mm-hmm. Or they might hold on to things that trigger positive memories from their childhood. Or from their children or whatever it is. But normally we will hold on to things that will trigger a positive emotion rather than a negative one. So we want to hold on to those positive emotions through, through the things that trigger those positive emotions. But that can get you stuck in the past 
rather than relying on your memory, you end up relying on those products or those possessions to actually trigger that uh, emotion for, for sure. you. Yeah, because I think when you pick up something that that triggers a really vivid memory, it's like that item paints such a big picture. It takes you back to that moment. Mm. And, and uh, you said this off air and it really resonated with me, but I think the risk... The risk that we have with um, that we feel and why we're so attached to this is that if if we get rid of this thing that we have such a great memory with, will we continue to remember this? We risk will losing we, that yeah. memory, and will we be reminded? Yeah, will we be prompted to remember? Yeah, and um, and and that type of fear is real, and mm. that can be really intimidating to begin decluttering. I think where it becomes a, a bit of an issue for for many of us is when we because we can build up stories about just about anything we own yeah we can we can tell a story to ourselves about how uh it's attached to a particular memory or or the joy or the um contentment that it brings us and if if we if this becomes a pattern for many things then that's when it becomes an issue because then you you then where do you draw the line of what's really important in your life? Yeah. And what isn't? Yeah. Because then I mean we're not saying yeah. don't don't get rid of sentimentals. Yeah. Like there are some things that we keep as sentimentals, but we keep it down to a shoebox. Yeah. So I think it's important to pare down and be realistic as to what you can keep because you might just have to then keep dusting those items. You might have to keep those items clean like if it's Clothes, for instance, make sure that they don't get attacked by moths. If moths enjoy nibbling on the fabrics that you have, you might be prone to mold where you live. So moldy clothes is also not great because you've kept it in storage for such a long time. Yeah. And then you've got to deal with those things and you've got to make decisions and you've got to spend more money on cleaning those items or patching them up and all of this stuff can end up weighing you down rather than just parting with that and item to begin with. You're right. And you know what's ironic about this is that if we're keeping things because we want to remember mm. certain events. That memory but gets ruined by what we're, what the experience is afterwards. Yeah. Well, even beyond that is like normally a lot of the things that we're talking about are buried away in storage. Yeah. So they're not actually in your vision. Yeah. So the time that you actually reminisce is when you're decluttering and you yeah. find these things and you yeah. stumble across it and you go, oh, I forgot I had this. Yeah. And But otherwise, in your day-to-day, you're not actually remembering based on that possession. They're not part of you every day. Yeah, because it might be out of sight. It's buried away and stored somewhere yeah. and not adding that value on a mm. regular basis. So... You know, so when you think about it that way, you're not actually getting triggered by it. Mm. Now, what I find interesting is that a lot of the times you can actually just photograph something. Sure. Or if it's like, for instance, if it's like a music box, you might want to keep that or record that so that you have that memory as a video Mm -hmm. rather than an image because that's not really going to do the same thing for you. And seeing, you know, there's always someone else that can benefit from, from something else. Or repurposing it. Like if it's, for instance, if it's your granddad's jacket, altering it so that it's something that you would actually wear. Yes. Um, And if it's not, then think about passing it on to someone that would or, you know, donating it to the homeless because they'll get much more benefit from it than it's sitting in your storage. Yes. So, and we just have to remember that as harsh as this sounds and as... Because I don't have too many possessions in my life that actually hold that much memory to me. I keep a lot of memories in my own head and I think that I end up memorizing things maybe more making them as a a fantasy or as an idealistic type of memory than maybe what it was. Sure. But we need to all remember that people aren't their possessions and they never will be. Mm. So if you can somehow create that same experience that you get from viewing that possession in a different way that doesn't actually create clutter for you in your life, then I think it's worthwhile actioning that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you make a great point. And, and with that photography as well, 
I think we hear we hear about that a lot in the minimalist community. Like, oh, just take a photo or video of of the product if it really means or of the thing if it really means a lot to you. But like, like I think we you can have photo clutter too. <laughs> we can have photo clutter, but I think we also miss the impact of images of visuals because you know how many times do you look back at a image and you remember like you might remember like a scarf that you're wearing and and how that represented that particular memory or how you got that like you have a trigger visually of what that thing was Mm. and like i just wonder how much care are we taking in crafting crafting the memory in in taking the photographs in in making sure that um, whether it's digital or physical, like we have a nice library of images and we're taking time to mindfully reflect on that. Yeah. Um, not just take a photo and send it straight away, mm. um, but actually, you know, taking the time to look at your photo albums and your history um, like and to have that reflection us, if that's what you seek. Mm. But you don't need physical possessions necessarily yeah. to do that. Yeah. For those of us that remember you know, life before technology and digital cameras and phones and all of that. You have photos in photo albums that actually represent an event quite beautifully Mm. Um, or in spare of the moment Mm. because you've taken the the care to take that picture Mm. because you know you have to go it's not an instant gratification because you can't see what the picture looks like until you go and get it developed Mm. and you have to spend more money and time and effort into that so if we started taking care more you know with the photography that we take on our phones and digital cameras with how we used to with film and actually treasuring it as such Mm. then we'd be we'd actually be creating a much more pleasurable photo library that won't feel like oh you know i've got a million photos to scroll through that's something you will actually take the time to look through yeah right and enjoy yeah so it's a really good point yeah like just you know if you've got duplicate photos and hmm. uh, screenshots, screenshots. I, I'm a, <laughs> i have a thing for that yeah, yeah clean up your library so you can really yeah enjoy those moments so hmm. um but yeah was there anything else you wanted to add so I had a couple of other things that I've kind of mentally taken note of. Well, mentally and I'm looking at them on my computer screen. But things that I have seen other people make excuses as to why they can't declutter. Oh, okay. Um, and the first one is some people feel that they love everything that they own. So how can I justify parting with something when I absolutely love this, 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 this. Right. So it's this emotional, again, attachment and feeling like, well, I can't part with that. It's yeah. mine. Yeah. This whole, like, not in, I wouldn't say entitlement, but just this feeling of like, well, I've spent my money on that. So I should be able to keep what I have. Yes. And it's mine. Yes. You know, so I think there's that whole possessiveness about, some some things that some people get into and you know what and and invested a lot of emotional attachment um and benefit into their and that's more for people that um perhaps put a lot of value like up front on things yeah like they generally just like things right so if they if they're going to buy something that they take a lot of care to to buy that thing so to research to, to research find it, it, to find it and i might spend a lot of money it. on it yeah. and then even if they get to a new season of life where they're not necessarily using that thing it's mm. because they've invested so much up front they yeah. couldn't possibly part with it so yeah yeah so again it's like what you said i mean you, it's, you, and they've got a story behind it yeah. you know it's like oh well i went to five different stores to be able to find this because everywhere else was either sold out or they didn't have it yeah. So you have this emotional Exclusive, attachment yeah. yeah, to something. Did you want to add something else? No, no. I think, look, I, again, I think that's, um, that's minimalism 101. I think that's flipping the equation of how you define success for yourself. You know, like if you are in that situation where you find yourself putting so much value into things that you buy, um, that's actually okay if you use it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's actually not, not a problem at all. It's just that if you're excessively doing that, then you might need to slow down and ask why. But don't try and like lie to yourself. Oh yeah, I use this what <laughs> once every 
few months. Like, yeah. can you do without it? Yeah. If it's if it's a rare occasion that you do use it. Yes. And if it feels something that's special that you do pull out on special occasions, and that's okay. But you don't need like fifty things for those what if special occasions. Yes. You know? So the last thing that I that I thought about was that feeling of keeping things for that just in case. Right. And everyone's felt that way. And we've at one point we must admit we've kind of went overboard with getting rid of things because we had this feeling of well we'll deal with that when it comes with that just in case or when that event you know yeah might come we'll think about it then yes so there's a lot of us that keep things because we feel like well Situation. If I get rid of this, what's going to happen when A, B and C happens? Mm. Or what's going to happen when A happens and then or like this person might ask me to do this or I might need it for the deck or I might need this to fix that or whatever. Yeah. So there's a lot of situational situations Yes. where you might need certain things. But I think the question to ask yourself in that situation, <laughs> I've said situation about 50 <laughs> times, is can I hire it? Can I borrow it? Or is it something that's worth, you know, like it might be something that's quite rare to find otherwise sure. that I still will need in my life mm. or that you foresee yourself using it much more in the future because you've just discovered it again. Yes. So there's lots of things for different situations but try and think of more of a community approach rather than I must own every single thing that's available out there for every single situation that yeah. might that might happen in my life for sure because and then because the fear around that is regret yes you know it's it's getting to a situation where you need something that you used to have that you no longer and have god damn it and you're like why did oh. i <laughs> You know, and particularly if you have to buy something as a result of yeah. that decision. and But I can tell you from experience, taking it too far, that whilst that's happened a few times in my minimalist journey, it it doesn't happen anywhere near as much as you think it is. Yeah. And that that fear can, can so drive like you, get rid you of to procrastinate. Things, yeah. But maybe two of those things. Well, it's more like you get rid of 200 things and maybe two or three yeah. of those things. But no, so, like you get rid of. 20 things that are that just in case situation. Oh, right. Sure, sure. You might get rid of 200 things for different yes. purposes, but 20 things that are on that basis yep. that you might... The situational stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's a tough call, but yeah, I think, yeah, like what you said, those, like if you can borrow it or if you can rent it, that, that that's ideal. Mm. Um, but I think the risk of that regret versus the the liberty and clarity that you get with decluttering and having less, I feel outweighs the regret, the, the perceived risk in It depends. In like to, also you've got to be sensible. Like if yeah. it's a super expensive item that you know it's going to cost you more to rent than it is to use of course, once yeah. or twice a year, then you keep it, sure. you know, because it's just it's be not going to be financially viable for you to do that. Yeah. So you got to be sensible about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Gee, that's a lot, Nut. Yes. Is there anything else you want to add? No. No. I think I'm all... I think we've probably overwhelmed a lot of people. Well, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. we've clarified a lot of things for a lot of people. <laughs> Depends who you are, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what point in your life you're at at the moment. But look, in any case, um, look, decluttering is incredibly powerful. You will feel so much better, even if it sneaks up on you. Again, think about, you, you know, if you're using a fraction of what you have, you, you probably have an opportunity to do some decluttering. Hmm. Um, so just think about those benefits and, and think about looking into your space and knowing that everything has a purpose Yeah. and hopefully that's going to inspire you to clear out your schedule and you know roll up the sleeves and get the work done yeah cool. sounds good thank you thanks guys thanks for listening and we'll chat to you next week bye bye so there it is episode 35 of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast why you're procrastinating to declutter. I hope you enjoyed that one and you got some practical insights to start your decluttering journey if it's something that you've been postponing for whatever reason. To help you get started, you can grab a copy of the worksheet that we created 
uh, for the destination piles, as well as all of the links and resources that we mentioned in the episode over at the show notes, which is theminimalistvegan.com slash 035. Look, I just wanted to make a quick mention to everybody who's been submitting their ratings and reviews for our podcast. We really appreciate your feedback. Uh, I just wanted to read one on air because I haven't done it for a little while. Um, But we got a a new review from Spain, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, And the person says, I love your podcast. The way you guys talk about different issues from veganism and environment to more insight and psychological aspects of life is natural, humble and close to people. I feel like I could have those talks myself with my friends anytime. You help me rethink and reevaluate. Oh, thank you so much, Marina. Uh, we really appreciate your feedback and we'll continue to try and keep it conversational. And that's the whole idea. Uh, we, we wish you were with us as we could have these, these conversations about what it means to live a life with intentionality and compassion. Uh, anyway, guys, look, thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We don't take your attention for granted. And here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Chat to you next week. Peace.